You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Is anybody excited about Christmas? Anybody? Come on, y'all gave more praise for Christmas. Is that for presents or is that for Jesus? You know, <laughs> you know I mean, a little bit of both, right? Let's be honest. You know, yeah, it's both. We like gifts, you know, of course we love Jesus too. You know, he's the reason, right? Uh, my kids are so excited about Christmas. Um, it's just really beautiful to watch. They're so, so excited about just the, the tree, and they help us decorate the tree, and um, we're baking Jesus a cake for Christmas Day, you know, just to try to get something in their brain that this is his day, amen? Um, but I, I love that we just get to pour out generosity on our children and on people for Christmas. It's really cool. So, um, so anyways, let's get into the Word today. Um, I have a message just on my heart. Uh, I've actually am really excited about, got a little more time than normal this morning, um, to minister, so man, we got all kinds of time, guys. It's going to be a great morning. Um, amen. And come on, how many people are hungry in this room? <laughs> Some of you are like, "No, I'm actually hungry." Hurry up. <laughs> um, so today I'll be talking about uh, leaving an inheritance. All right. So somebody say inheritance. So leaving an inheritance, a godly inheritance, uh, or in a sense, what we are to pass on to our children, or what we are to pass on to the next generation. What is the inheritance um, that you're going to leave? I want, that's what I want you to walk away with today. What is the inheritance that I'm going to leave on this earth when I'm gone, all right? And we're going to get into what the Bible has to say about an inheritance and just some really cool stuff I found in the Word of God uh, about the inheritance that we have and who God is and all these cool things. So anyways, um, let's probably go ahead and pray. Is that all right? Let's, put, let's just put our hands on our hearts. Did you know the heart is really the, it's like the gateway to receive God's Word. So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just say soften our hearts. God, that you'd give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. Father, I thank you that your good and your mercy endures forever, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're in this place and you're drawing people unto yourself. God, I thank you that no one is here by happenstance, God, that you are going to speak to people in this room individually and corporately this morning by your word and by your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and fill me afresh and anew and use me this morning. Have your way in this house. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Let's put our hands out like this. And say, Lord, I receive anything that's from Jesus. Amen. That was a good prayer. Some of you are like, I don't know what I was, I didn't do that. That was going to be weird. Turned out it wasn't weird. It was totally good. All right. So, I'm going to have to make this bigger. All right. So, when most of us think about inheritance, um, we think about what? We think about money, Right? 
We think about money, we think about land, we think about property, we think about vehicles. I don't know about you guys, but I've helped people over the years do a lot of funerals. And it's, and, and can I just say, things can get so nasty. Isn't that crazy? Man, it, honestly, it's heartbreaking. And I don't share people's business with anyone, but I'll talk to my wife. I talk to my wife about everything. So if there's something you're not wanting my wife to know, don't tell me. I'm not keeping anything from her. And, and the reality is, man, I see like this stuff, like we think about inheritance, we think about money, we think about cars, we think about land, we think about, uh, uh, you know, our dad's watch collection, you know, or, or a jacket or, you know, something along uh, those, uh, those lines. Or maybe even some of you have received even uh, an inheritance in your life, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You received a piece of land or you received some finances or some stocks or, or whatever it could be, and maybe you started off your life pretty well because you had an inheritance of, of money or things like that or something to pay for school. Um, but that's what, I, I don't know about you, but that's what I usually think about when I think about an inheritance. I think about materialistic things, right? And, and, and as parents, we, we get stuck in that. What are we going to do? How are we going to leave something for our children? Now, I don't, how many parents, are, what am I going to leave for my kids? And we get all worried about, honestly, just thinking about money. Let's, I'm, I'm going to make this really clear to this morning and there's some really good news for you. But I, 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 was, I found the deed actually to the property here at the church um, as we were doing some legal work. And I found the deed. Actually, I think they bought this property maybe in three sections, I believe. Somebody might know this better than me. Um, because we found like three deeds. And I was like, what is, what is going on here? And the crazy thing was on the deed, actually, it's the Biddle family who owned this property. But I was looking at uh, the deed. And the deed to this property had like 16 or 17 signatures on it. Like that many people have inherited this land, and they all were part of that inheritance where all of them had to come into agreement to sell this property. I thought, wow, that's kind of crazy. There was like, there's so many signatures on this thing to receive the land. And I'm painting a picture for you this morning of what an inheritance is, right? And we're seeing this in this land. I think, oh, wow, we're maybe we're supposed to leave land to our kids or whatever it may be, leave land and houses and different things. And I'm sure we've even joked about, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I have three brothers. Some of you in Little Key joke about, you know, what you're going to get when your parents pass away. Let's just be honest. Sorry, grandparents. You know, let's just be real in this place. It's like, I'm going to get that gun. You know, that's, that's mine. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of Jesus when he told the disciples, like, hey, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to go and die. And then what are they doing? They're arguing about who's going to sit at his right hand, who's going to be the greatest when he leaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we see the same thing happen, unfortunately, when people pass away. It's like, who's getting this car? It's like, dear God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or who's splitting the money? I mean, and we see something that was actually supposed to be something good turn into something actually really negative. Let's just be real this morning. And so, as parents, what are we called to do? So the Bible talks about leaving inheritance. Some of you have heard this verse a lot, and I've even, as a man, as a father, as a leader, as a provider for my home, I've been challenged with this verse. And it goes on to say in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, a good man, how many, of you want to be, how many men in this room, you want to be a good man? Amen? Half of you, praise God. I'm like, nope, I'm good. I know that. I know being a good man takes a lot more responsibility. I'm cool with being a decent man. (laughs) 
Proverbs 13.22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, okay? Proverbs 13.22, hold on now. Oh, okay, I was about to say, that doesn't look like a different, a different thing. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So check this out, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I'm like, hold on a second, Lord. Is this saying that I have to leave, like, like how much? For my kids' kids? What am I supposed to do? Like, buy my kids a house and their kids a house? Is that what, is that what this Bible verse is saying? I got to leave an inheritance of, of enough money to buy a for down payment on a home for two generations? Is that what it's saying? The answer is not necessarily, and I believe the answer is no. See, if you look at this, uh, when the Bible was written, the economy was primarily an agricultural economy. That means that if you didn't have land, you could not survive, all right? So that's an agricultural economy. Land was the way that you would provide for your family. Does this make sense? That's why when they went into the promised land, they were given sections of land. You know, here's your land, and that this stayed in the family, and this land would be passed on, and this is what it's saying. It'd leave an inheritance to your children's children was that land, this property that they could live off, they could survive off of in an agricultural economy. And so this was passed down from family to provide for future generations, amen? So in the context, it's clear that passing land to children and grandchildren was enabled them to survive. But look at verse, in Proverbs 20, verse 21, check this out. An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning. So in a sense, a large sum of money at the beginning, instantly, check this out, will not be blessed in the end. Whoa. It's quiet in here. What is, it, what is, the, what is the word of God actually trying to say to us? Did you know that 70% of wealth is gone by the second generation? I'm a, some of you parents are going to walk out of here and grandparents thinking, man, I feel so much better. 70% of wealth is gone by the second generation. Let me take it a step further. You ready for this? 90% is gone by the third generation. Oh. Inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed. How many of you, we all know that money can really easily ruin people. You see this with the Ford family. Y'all know Henry Ford, Ford vehicles? Everybody obviously knows that. Henry Ford, Ford family, what happened? He left it a massive, massive inheritance of finances. And he, I mean, everything you could possibly, and this is the 1900s. And to this day, the Ford family has nothing to do with the day-to-day operations of Ford's companies. You see what I'm saying? It is, God is not pointing us just to leaving an inheritance of hundreds of thousands of dollars to our grandkids so when they turn 18, they just got a hundred grand. I'm gonna tell you right now, that'd be the worst thing I could do for my kids. <laughs> Not the best thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I love, uh, um, okay, so we see, like, uh, tr- we see this with like trust fund kids, right? And you see a lot of the trust fund kids that they don't do well. They've been handed everything, and there's still a lot of them. They're adults at 50 years old. They still act like they're 21 years old because they've never had to work. They've never had to have any drive. They've never had to do anything. It's all just been given to them. It's not going anywhere. And you see this happen. I'm here to tell you, parents, release the pressure off of giving a bunch of money to your children. I know you may have heard of this before, and that's okay. 
Let me keep going. It'll make more sense. So today's economy is not based on just an agricultural economy. Today's economy is based on what? Education, knowledge, and skills. For an example, that means even though I grew up uh, in a lower income house, in my life we grew up in a low, very low income house, but here I am out of that low place of income. Why? Because I had an inheritance of money? No, because I had an inheritance of knowledge. I had an inheritance of skill, had an of, of wisdom, actually. You know, and that's actually what we're giving our kids is you need to learn to give an inheritance to your kids. Obviously, you want to give them education. That's important because that's how our economy runs today is in an education or skills or labor. That's why I tell some kids, they're like, man, I'm like, I got to go to college. I got to go to college. No, you don't. If you're good with your hands and if you're good with skill, I know guys that are sitting in this room, they're probably making $70,000 a year who haven't gone to college and they're 20 some years old. Don't let the world lie to you and tell you they have to do all these certain things just to get you in debt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Won't let an 18-year-old take out a loan for a mortgage for $200,000, but let him take out a, a college loan for $200,000. Come on now. Let's be real this morning. And, and so, today, I, I, you know, how many of you know Shaquille O'Neal? If you don't know Shaquille O'Neal, just get out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shack, the Shack attack. I'm not saying he's a godly man. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, but Shaq, he's known for making his kids, I think he says something like this, uh, like something like, without two degrees, you don't get none of my cheese, something like that. <laughs> Some of y'all, whoo, right over your head. He's talking about money, okay? But he's saying, if my kids don't get college degrees, they do not get any of my financial money. That's pretty smart, because he knows it can ruin them. Not actually set them up for this glorious life where they're just gonna be faithful with it and everything's gonna go great. No, actually it can just ruin them and make them want to do nothing and not ever understand the value of anything, not actually work for anything, and then just squander it all. These are real statistics. 90% of wealth is gone by the third generation. Let me say it like this. All that things you ever work for if you just give it away and not praying and asking God for wisdom for what you're actually supposed to do with your finances. Amen. All right, I'm gonna keep going. So what do we do for our kids in our future generations? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you don't leave finances for your kids, okay? In my personal opinion, I think a lot of it's case by case. If my kid is not serving the Lord, why would I actually wanna give him any of my money because whose money is my money? Do, how many of you go give your money to lost people for fun that you've worked your whole life for? <laughs> you know what I mean? How many of you are just going to sow in a bunch of ministries that aren't talking about the Lord? You know what I mean? So, like, the reality is, like, what are we called to do? Yes, we're called to set things up well for our kids. Yes, we want to help educate them, make sure they do their schooling, make sure they learn skills, all this stuff that they can set themselves up to be successful in this life. My little property on Stockton Drive is not going to help anybody but us right now. You know what I mean? But our, I can tell you one thing that's really going to help my children is the wisdom that we give them for the decisions that they're going to make on this earth. So what do we do? Yeah, we help educate. We provide resources for them. We set them up to succeed. We don't let them hang out with certain friends. You know, we, we protect our children. Yes and amen. But most important 
inheritance that you can leave your children is an inheritance of faith. Hear me. The most important thing that you can provide for your kids is faith, a a life modeled with faith. I'm not talking about the faith in the Son of God, a faith in, the, in Jesus, in the deity of Jesus, that he's not, just a one, he's not just one religion and there's other religions, that he is the only way to the Father. Faith in the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm telling you, this is the most important thing that you'll ever give your kids is faith. Is on, I mean, guys, think about this. I want to be with my kids in glory. And the only way for that to happen is if I actually don't just pass on money that I worked my whole life for just to see them throw it away. I actually give them faith and spend eternity with them and get to enjoy it together. You see what I'm saying this morning? Isn't this good news? It's good news for me. I'm like, man, am I not being a good enough dad unless I give $2 million to my kids when they die? And the Lord's like, what? What are you talking about? Michael, you true riches and wealth is not in finances. The true riches of the kingdom of God are sitting in the pews in this room. I was reminded by a guy here recently at our church. He told me, um, he saw some quote. It says, the only thing you can take to heaven with you is other people. Sounds like probably something to sow money into. You see what I'm saying? Everybody gets so upset talking about money, and you think, oh, it's just the money. No, man, you, you don't, you're, not, you're not hitting the, missing the, hitting the point here. It takes money to run rehabs, share the gospels, send missionaries overseas. It takes finances. It, it does. It's awesome things. So... The most important thing, guys, you can pass down. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful for a mom. I told my mom this morning, I said, Mom, you're in my sermon. I said, I'm thankful for a mom who passed on an inheritance of faith to me. And because of that, me and my two brothers are walking in that faith, and, our, and all of our kids are going to be walking in that faith, and, and we're going to point one day and say, oh, uh, oh, oh, man, look at this watch I got from my mom. No, I don't care about that. Look at these generations of faith I got from my mom. Come on. You're, I'm going to tell you, most of your kids will squander all your money. Statistics, statistics prove it will happen that way. All the people in here waiting on that inheritance and their parents are in here, they're like, <laughs> calm down, Pastor Mike. Mom, you still writing me in the wheel. I mean, come on now. I don't know if the Lord's really speaking like that, you know. And I'm saying a lot of money could ruin your kids is what I'm saying. Yes, if you got $350,000, yeah, maybe you should give them all $50,000, but maybe you should probably sow into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not talking about just a father's house. Maybe it's a missionary, you know. Maybe it's care net. I don't know. Something you're passionate about, friends of sinners. I don't know. Whatever it is. But start thinking about things that actually have eternal reward. Instead of just pulling the crap out of your kids who actually probably don't even need it. If your kids become successful because of the wisdom you gave them, they don't necessarily need 250 grand. You gave them what they needed to survive. That's what the Bible was talking about. I'm giving you what you need. I'm going to provide so my family can survive. And you know what else, guys? You, 
You don't just need to pass on faith to your, to your inheritance of faith, but you can also leave negative inheritances. You can leave an inheritance of just being religious. Somebody say, not me. Not this church. But man, I'm, I'm thankful for a mom that didn't just give me an inheritance of faith. She gave me an inheritance of, of knowing that this God that we talk about is actually real. That this God is not a religion, it's not a, it's not a church thing, it's not a Sunday morning thing, that this is a real Jesus, he's a real person, he's alive, he came out of the grave. Like she taught me that this Jesus could be encountered. She passed on an inheritance of, a, of not just a faith of going to church on Sunday, but something you could encounter, something you could feel in your body, something that was real as your breast. Even as I speak in this room, the presence of God is in this place, and you can feel God, you can hear him, and you can sense him in this place. I don't want to pass on a religious Sunday morning service to my children. I want to pass on something real and tangible. So they're not looking to the world to find something to give them pleasure. They're saying, man, I've been in his presence in our living room. I've been in his presence. Every New Year's Eve for the last, I don't know how many years, we watch a couple things on YouTube. We go live with House uh, Upper Room or used to be Jesus Image and, and me and my son and my wife, we and our, the kids are used to sleep, the other ones, but we pray and we join in with worship and we worship in the new year in our living room. We've been doing that ever since we were over here on Bosley Road in the shack we used to live in over there. That's what Carter would call it. <laughs> but here's the reality. If I died and lived and died in that little shack on Bosley Road, it wouldn't matter if I left that shack to my kids. It would matter that we left the faith that we had and what we lived in that shack. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying just be a loser and don't provide for your family and don't go out and get a job. I ain't got to give nothing to my kid. That, no, the Bible says you need to provide for your family and those in the, the family of God as well. It says it's worse for you. It talks about, no, it's bad for someone. I can't remember the exact verse, but it's saying how bad it is for a believer who doesn't take care of his own family. It's not single. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You don't have to do anything. No, no, no. I'm just saying that sometimes that stuff can ruin your family. And I've seen it. And there's so much pressure on parents. Where like the Bible says, I got to provide for my children's children. I'm over here thinking, what does that even mean? I got to give them all. How much money is that? And maybe I'm not good enough or I'm not blessed enough unless it's a certain amount. That's not true. God values the widow's might in the Bible. He values the sacrifice more than the amount. He values the sacrifice. You want to know how much you should give? You should give whatever's a sacrifice to you. It is that simple. Don't make it about law and I have to, I have to do this. I have, no, you don't. You give whatever's a sacrifice. So, man, I tell you what else I'm thankful for. I know I'm bragging on my mom a lot today. I love you, mama. It's not even Mother's Day. But my mom was a charismatic, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking mom. I'm glad she didn't pass on dead religion to me. She passed on a spirit-filled, man, something powerful, I remember I encountered God at a young age. I would get high on drugs. My mom would pick me up and be listening to Third Day. And uh, I don't even know the songs. And back then, I didn't even realize that Third Day was talking about the resurrection. I guess I was high. 
obviously. <laughs> and then he put those two together. And I'd get in my mom's car and I'd be listening to these songs that were anointed. And even though I was lost, I would feel the presence of God. I'd feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I would be like, oh gosh, hurry up, mom. Get me where I need to go. <laughs> I gotta get out of this car. <laughs> you know, but I, she left me an inheritance of, let me say it like this, this is real. This is a real Jesus. This is a real faith. Man, it's so real. And I'm, I feel so sorry watching people's kids that they, all they're teaching them is religion and rules and things, and they don't, you're not showing them how this is real. They need to encounter him. And they, yes, they need to know their Bible. I'm going to plenty of time. Glory to God. So, you know, I'm thankful for faith and wisdom passed on and not just some money to build an addition to my house. Woo! You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying those things are inherently wrong. I'm just saying, actually, they're not that important. They're really not. You could spoil your kids and ruin their life by giving them inheritance of just money. Or you can sow into the kingdom of God and I got connection. If you got a heart for something, let me know. I can connect you to the right people. Um, yeah, my son's over here thinking, man, how much money are you gonna give me when you die? Not a lot, bro. <laughs> you might get the watch though, that's about it. The watch collection might be yours. <laughs> But I know what you will have. Patrick Henry once said this. He said, this is all the inheritance I give to my dear family. Ready? The religion of Christ will give them one which will make them rich indeed. Hmm. Talking to a guy here recently, a young kid that was going through a really hard time, went to Teen Challenge. And he was talking, he's raised, his dad's a doctor, just, you know, really wealthy family. And he was talking about how he went to El Salvador on a missions trip. And he's talking about, man, these guys, they just they don't have anything. They don't have food. They don't have nothing. He said, but they're just happy. They get to go to church. They're just singing. They're just so happy about their life. I would, I would propose to you this morning that those people there are a lot wealthier than the richest people in the world. Man, guys, we're so blessed in America. Yes, there's inflation. Thanks to y'all's favorite president. Just kidding. Uh, won't be long. Come on, somebody. Uh, anyways, moving on, moving on, moving on. Oh, I offended you. Hold on now. I you. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I make everybody mad. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm like, yeah, I say things like that. And then all the people are like, we got to get him back in office. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, but you know, actually none of that matters for you building the kingdom of God, actually. I'm so sick of hearing people just talk about the presidency and actually aren't making disciples and building the kingdom of God. I'm just... I don't want to talk about it. But in the same sense, doesn't mean we just don't care about it. Okay. All right, moving on. Another message for another time. Probably 2024. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we want to leave an inheritance, not just of faith, but we want to leave an inheritance of unwavering faith. We, did you know um, you, can, you can leave an inheritance of anxiety? The Bible says the sins of the fathers to the third generation can be left over for the kids, right? So Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Wow. 
but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let your kids see you when things are falling apart instead of being anxious and falling apart that you're actually saying, nope, I'm gonna take courage, I'm gonna take heart, and I'm gonna lift up this to God. God, we trust you, we honor you, we're stable, we're not moving, we're, in, we're immovable right now. Because your kids will see not just that you have faith, but they'll see you just fall apart for years and go back and forth and off the roller coaster. You know, we'll pass that on as well. You pass on worry to your kids. Let's not pass on worry and anxiety to our kids. Let's pass on unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. Let's pass on swift and quick obedience to our kids. Let's pass on their maturity. And I think about, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, I was such a young dad. I was 18. And even when I got saved, I mean, I was a, I mean, my life back then and where it is now, I mean, it's a real drastic life I used to live, okay? I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying my mind's had to be renewed quite a bit, all right? And I find myself being immature with my son all the time. I find myself being immature in a lot of ways. And then I think, man, but I'm, I'm going to keep growing. And Carter might have got most of the immature version of me in his life. Maybe my kids will get a lot, or they will get a lot. My younger ones will get a lot more mature version of me, and I'm not ashamed about it. You know what I mean? I I just, but ultimately, what am I leaving? I'm leaving my kids no matter what. Hey, dad is going to address his stuff. And dad's not afraid to admit his wrongs. Dad's not afraid to apologize. Dad's not afraid to say he's wrong. Dad's not afraid to repent. Dad's not afraid to ask for forgiveness. Dad's not, when we get mad, we don't just separate and act like everything's cool. I'm not leaving an inheritance of dysfunction in my family. I'm leaving an inheritance of restoration, reconciliation, health, and growth in my family. And these are the things that are actually going to be a wealth to your kids. Come on, man, isn't that good? Listen, I love the Jordans just as much as some of y'all. And I ain't gonna lie to you right now, I'm waiting to receive an inheritance from Carter because he's gonna keep growing and I want his shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna inherit them because I'm gonna have to pay for them probably. <laughs> or I just won't feed him. Just kidding. <laughs> We also can leave an inheritance and need to leave an inheritance of freedom. We do freedom groups here. We're doing them once a year. We have small groups coming up in February. Get involved. Don't leave an inheritance of you just being a, a, a consumer of the church to your kids. And listen, if you don't make church a priority, your kids will make it a priority. You've got you to start to think this way. What am I leaving my kids? Instead of, because some of us, you know, we do, we just put all of our values from wealthy people. I don't know what it means to be that in, as far as money goes. But you get, okay, I, you, you pride yourself. Well, I got this money, and my kids are going to get this money. But, man, it doesn't matter. Start to think, what can, I, what can I actually give them? Even in my old age, maybe your kids are grown. What can I change and shift right now? Maybe I need to call some of my grown children and apologize. I've said this for years, and there's more people in this room now, so I want to say it again. Some of you need to just call some of your kids and be humble. Be a humble dad and say, you know what? Man, I didn't do a lot right when you were a kid. And I was just prideful. I was so religious. I'm sorry. I pushed you away from the church. and Forgive me. And you don't understand what you're doing. You're shifting the destiny of your family. Instead of just leaving an inheritance of just brokenness, you say, no, no, no. 
There's something that happened. When my dad, when he was 70 years old, he called me one day and he apologized to me. He repented to me. Man, you know what I mean? What can you leave to your kids? Leave an inheritance of freedom. When we have freedom groups, sign up. And here's the thing. When you go through freedom groups, doesn't just mean when you, you went to the conference, that's great, awesome, now I'm free. No. <laughs> you got to walk in freedom every day. You got to choose life or choose death. You got to speak life or speak death. It's every day. But we're in freedom ministries. We give you the tools to learn how to break some of this stuff off of you so that you're not passing down strongholds to your kids. Come on. I don't want to pass down the strongholds that I'm too uh, unwilling to be. Let me say it like this. It's most of the people that are just unwilling to be teachable. You don't want anybody telling you what to do. Let me say it like this. Not even the Lord. I know that's hard. Sorry for yelling. But that's the reality. Man, we, we knew, did you know that God set up the church with leadership? Not, we didn't come up with this idea that the church is going to have pastors and apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, lead the church. It was actually Christ's idea, and he sets in charge leadership. Why? To shepherd you, to love on you. And you know what that means sometimes? It's to come in and correct you in love and say, hey, you're thinking wrongly about this. I don't know. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they kept just defending themselves, defending themselves, and I was on the phone with them, and I said, I don't think you're hearing me. You don't, you don't see what I'm saying, but this is what's happening. You can take that or leave it. You can think maybe I'm just a mean person trying to tell you what to do, or maybe I actually love you, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to help you, one or the other. I told that story many times, but I remember my brother, I said something stupid to Maddie, and I told this story. Some of y'all knew you'll like it. We were, we were grilling. I was grilling some meat at our shack on Bosley Road that had no central air condition, carpet in the bathroom that was just laid there. It wasn't actually attached to the floor. Um, that's when I was the youth pastor here, praise God. And I remember I was cooking some food. Maddie was making a blanket for this guy that she was who asked her to make the blanket for before we got together. And she was still finishing it, so I decided to be real petty. I said, what are you even making that blanket for? Get rid of that nonsense, that's stupid. My brother was there, I went outside. He came outside, he said, Mike, that was actually just really insecure. And like, that is not accomplishing what you wanted it to accomplish. And at first my thought was, shut up. <laughs> and get out of my house, actually. I don't really like you that much anyways. I don't even know why you're here, you know? <laughs> but he didn't say it in like a demeaning way. He was just like, bro, that, that just made you look really insecure, and that's actually not attractive at all. <laughs> and I was like, man, get out of my house. And then a few minutes later, some of you heard this, I was like, all right, hold on. I had to weigh out some things. You ready? Man, does he love me? I know he does. I'm convinced. I know he does. Does he, does, in his heart of hearts, does he want to help me? Does he want my marriage to thrive? Does he want me to be a good husband? I know he does. I know he does. Then maybe I need to actually think, maybe, maybe he's speaking some truth and I'm actually wrong. Because the devil wants to come in in those moments and, and just say, no, 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 don't listen to him because he has flaws too. You're going to have to learn to receive from people that actually have flaws. They're called pastors. 
<laughs> and they're called evangelists, they're called apostles, they're called teachers. <laughs> That's what they're called. And they all have flaws, all of them. But if you find you a good one, he'll actually want to help you and not just hurt your feelings, amen? amen. So we wanna leave an inheritance of obedience to our kids. James one twenty two says, but be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. You know, your kids are watching you, man. You can't just tell them, this is terrible, this is, these things are so bad, these things are so bad, and then they see you gossiping and being negative all the time, and you're leaving that to your kids. Amen. You're creating religious children in not a good way. I'm gonna tell you, just being religious will lead kids to one or two places usually, being self-righteous or being rebellious. Does anybody want their kids that way? I know I don't, right? Praise the Lord. All right, we'll move on. So we want to leave an inheritance of freedom. I want, to, I want to go deep in my heart, and I want to break three from the freedom. I want to stop bleeding on people who didn't cut me, right? I want to stop having my kids deal. We, you know why we need healing, and we need freedom in our hearts and stuff that's hurt, stuff where all of us are carrying some junk, right? We need freedom from that. You know why? Because our kids need, and the city needs, this world needs a healed version of us. They don't need the insecure, broken, traumatized version of you that's just going waiting to get to heaven. They need the life and life more abundantly version of you. You know what I mean? We need free, especially if you still have small kids. Like, man, my kids need the free, whole version of me. And that's why I'm going to go after freedom because I'm going to leave an inheritance of breakthrough and freedom for my kids. Amen? And it's going to be just as important it is to me than it's going to be to them. Amen? So we want to leave an inheritance of freedom. Um, and obviously, you do want to leave an inheritance, not just of finances, but financial stewardship. You want to leave an inheritance of how you steward your finances. And sometimes the Bible will say, <laughs> I always include my oldest son when God tells us to give on top of our tithe to like a, a friend or another like friends of sinners when God speaks to me and Maddie. God spoke to me actually this morning and told, I went up to Maddie and I said, we're supposed to give this amount of money to this thing. And she's like, okay. And it's like, and I'm gonna tell my son later. Why? Because I wanna invite him into something. I wanna invite him into, this is how the kingdom works. Yes, we could buy more Christmas gifts. Yes, we could buy cool stuff. Yes, we could maybe go on a huge family trip. I don't know. But we're going to be obedient to the verse of the voice of the Lord. That's what we're going to do, actually. And we're going to watch God take care of us, not just give us a bunch of money. That's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible actually says, for those of you, it talks about seeing. It says you will be given more seed for sowing. So in a sense, the more you give, you're just gonna, it's, gonna, it's not gonna, you can just get rich, it's actually gonna be so the more you can give. And we've seen that. I mean, it's just kind of a crazy thing, but I wanna lose, and also my, I want my son and my kids to see how we deal with our money. We pay our bills. We have, our, we have a budget. We stick to the budget. I mean, we, I'll say, oh, we ain't got no money for that. Our money's low right now. And it's not that our money's actually like, we don't have, we have zero dollars. It just means we're being good stewards. I'm being a good steward with my money. Yeah, I mean, I tell my son, I, I could go out and buy a $1,000 pair of shoes right now. I could if I wanted to, but that's not being a good steward. 
You got to start, guys, parents, people, everyone, invite God into how you're stewarding your finances. Because it belongs to him. So I'm going to leave an inheritance to my kids and my family, not just of money one day, but actually what to do with money. How, if they do become wealthy and success, successful, hopefully they've inherited enough wisdom from me of how to steward it without ruining their lives and their marriages and their kids. You see what I'm saying? What's more important, them getting $150,000 when you die or them knowing how to manage their money and providing for their wife and their children? You know what I'm saying? So you give money to your kids, awesome. I know people personally, they've received that inheritance and it's gone in two years. And I'm like, dear Lord, your whole life is gone. And I'm like, man, you should have gave that to some of these missionaries building houses in Peru. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that money would be going, actually that money would have gone on for generations. And actually you would be in heaven continually receiving rewards from that money. You'd be, people would be walking into heaven and you'd, and you'd say, oh, there's some more of your inheritance. Oh, there's some more people coming from Peru. Or you gave all your money to your son and he freaking, I don't know, went on a cruise 10 times a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Isn't this good news? I feel so much better. My kids ain't getting a dollar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure by that time I die, which the Bible says I'll never die, so good luck, son. You know, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll have a house and property and whatever, but ultimately when I get to that place, sure, I'll leave something to my kids, probably depending on what they actually need or what could actually help them. But I'm thinking, God, what do you want me to do with this? What am I supposed to do? Where's this supposed to go? You know what I mean? Especially if one of my kids, or probably a few of them will be ministers. They're probably going to get more money. You never know. But it's going to go into the kingdom. Depends on what they're doing. Maybe one's a missionary in Africa. I don't know. So here's another thing we can do with your kids. Here's a good thing. Abigail Van Buren said... Um, if you want your children to turn out well, how many of us want that, right? It says spend twice as much time with them and half as much money. Quality time is the best gift to pass along to our children and grandchildren. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Isn't that good? Let me encourage people in this room, your families. I would invest in experiences over things. I had a good friend of mine this past year. I said, man, I just don't know if I should spend this money on going on this trip with my family. I just, I don't know if I get my savings count that low. And I called one of my pastor friends. He said, I just, my 18-year-old son just left to the mission field. It's funny you called me today. He said, because one of my biggest regrets is not doing that like as much as I should have. He said, go on the trip, spend the money, bless your family. We had a blast, didn't we? It was awesome. Imp, let's be responsible. No, I'm sowing into, what am I sowing into? I'm sowing into family. I'm sowing into culture of just enjoying one another, having fun together, taking a break from things. And instead of just, I don't know, just buying myself a bunch of stuff, or I don't know. You know what I mean? So, almost done. What, so what is our inheritance? I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with these two things. What is our inheritance in the kingdom of God? This is really cool. So in Galatians 3, 26 through 29, it says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons. Hold on a second. There's some women in this room. 
through faith. What is the Bible saying when it goes on to say you are all sons? And it goes on after that and says there's no male, nor female, nor slave, nor free. You know, what is it saying? The reality was in the Bible times, um, the Bible would lay out uh, instructions for inheritances. So if you want to follow the Old Testament, you think that verse just about giving money to the second generation, they just didn't have a whole bunch of money, and that's what it's talking about, whatever. But the Bible in that context also says that the firstborn gets a double portion. Good luck trying to make that out with your kids. And it also says that women get nothing, right? How many of you know in the Old Testament, women did not have an inheritance? Why? Because their husband was supposed to provide for them and his family's inheritance was supposed to take that. So good. Sorry, women, for taking the Old Testament and making it now. There's no inheritance. But this is what's beautiful about our inheritance as sons of God. Paul is saying to you, hey, we all have an inheritance through Christ and it's for everybody. And he's saying, you're all sons, because they understood inheritance back then. Oh, I'm a girl. I don't get an inheritance. He's saying, no, you're all sons. You all get an inheritance to Jesus. You all get to inherit the kingdom of God. And salvation is for everyone. It's for everybody. And our inheritance actually is Christ himself. It's him. How many of you know that's enough? Some of you might not have received any money. Some of you maybe have even had to pay money when your family or loved ones, your parents have passed away and you've had to give them money. I'm here to tell you today that your Father in heaven has an inheritance for you. And it's Jesus himself. It's his blood. It's his salvation. It's the cross. It's a life, it's being redeemed, it's being forgiven. Forgiveness is your inheritance. A sound mind is your inheritance. Being joy, inexpressible joy, is your inheritance. Come on, Jesus didn't leave you depression. He didn't leave you brokenness. He didn't leave you strongholds. He he actually left us a life of unwavering obedience and faith. That's what he left us. That's what we've inherited. And that's why the Bible says, man, you're all sons. Because you all get this inheritance. This is really, really cool. First Peter 1, 3 through 9 says, this is probably one of my favorite sermons I've ever preached, to be honest with you. Um, it's just, it just come together so well, and this has been wonderful. First um, Peter 1, 3 through 9. And I think it's so cool, because it's right in time for Christmas, you know? So what am I going to give my kids? I'm going to give my kids. And I don't know about y'all, like, we, don't, we don't go crazy for Christmas. Like, we don't go into debt. We don't put money on credit cards so we can pay them off later for Christmas. No, that's not healthy, guys. That is not, I love you if you did that. I'm not, I'm just telling you, that's not healthy. Because you're actually teaching your kids that it's good to go into debt just to give y'all gifts. That's not good stewardship. Your kids want your time. And maybe you've already switched the script and you're like, no, they don't. They're going to be mad. You might as well start breaking it now before they continue with the dysfunction and pass it on to their kids. So don't go into debt for Christmas. Don't do that. Hey guys, sorry, this is how much money we have this year. Christmas is actually not about us getting a bunch of stuff, turns out. You know? Here's our limits. Pick something we have, we're gonna be grateful. We're gonna do stuff as a family. You know, put money into family trips. Do stuff like that, save your money for things like that, experiences with your kids, save the money. 
Go to, I don't know, holiday world. Go do things together, you know? I promise your kids will be, your kids will be a lot happier that you gave them wisdom, love, and acceptance than just more gifts every year. I know a bunch of kids who have all kinds of gifts but are longing for affection from a father. Gifts cannot replace affection. And gifts can't replace how you treat anybody, actually. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, and we're going to close. Worship team, would you come? This scripture is really, really good. Verse 3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. That's part of your inheritance. Amen? Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. This is one of my favorite verses right here. You ready? And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Come on, somebody. Listen, he's saying that you might be waiting for some materialistic thing to get from your grandparents, but God actually has an inheritance for you that is incorruptible, that will never fade, that will never rust, and no matter what, it's always going to be there. He's saying you're stepping into an inheritance that's imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I love verse 6. You rejoice in this. You rejoice in this inheritance, church. How many of you know you always have something to rejoice in simply if you're born again? You don't have to wait for a financial blessing. You don't have to wait for the new job. You don't have to wait for your whatever called breakthrough you're waiting for. Jesus broke through. And you have this inheritance of salvation that you can rejoice in at any moment. Let me tell you how to get out of any type of heaviness. Rejoice. What did Paul say? Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice, because Paul understood something. I always have a reason to rejoice. He saved me. He redeemed me. He loved me. When I was unlovable, when I was unteachable, when I was broken, when I was lost, rejoice, church. If you're born again, you have a reason to rejoice. He says, though now for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith more va- Check this out. Remember we talked about what's the most valuable thing you can give? Faith. He says, the genuineness of your faith more valuable than gold. What's more valuable than gold? Your faith. And he goes on to say, which perishes, gold will perish through refined by fire, but it would result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Number eight, you love him though you have not seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible, glorious joy. Some of you need to get a hold of that this morning. Your inheritance through salvation in Christ is inexpressible, glorious joy. Some of you need to know, like, oh, I'm, just, I'm in a bad mood. I'm just saying, no, no, no. You have an inheritance of inexpressible joy. And it comes from understanding what he's done for you. Man, no one can take my joy. I love a song that says, you haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy. Woo, okay. It says, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Our faith is more perishable, more, excuse me, more precious than gold, more valuable than anything. 
church, I want to challenge us to maybe shift the way we think of what we're leaving our kids or what we're leaving our city. What, what inheritance, what legacy, what impact will the Father's house have on Owensboro, Kentucky, and this region? Would it just be that we, had a, we were another church who had services on Sunday morning, but we were a church that was empowered by the Holy Spirit, that start to change the people around us, that we start to leave something that's going to matter in this town? Instead of something that's negative, (laughs) that church fell apart. No, 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 no. God's redeemed this house. He's redeemed it. Because that's what he does. That's who he is. Man. Some of us need to wake up to the reality of who Jesus is. You need to wake up to the reality of the faith that you say you believe. He's here. He's living. He's breathing. He is, like Maddie saying a couple weeks ago, he is alive. And my favorite part about this whole message, if you could stand to your feet. This is so good. Praise the Lord. ask you a question. It's so good. Prayer team, could you come? But I want you to keep your eyes focused, our ears open. I want you to hear this as well. What is God's inheritance? We have this inheritance of him, right? And it's easy for us to understand that, you know, he's our inheritance. But what is God's inheritance? God owns everything, right? He has everything. He owns everything. He's the creator of all things. What is his inheritance? Deuteronomy 32.9 says this. The Lord is talking. He says the Lord's portion is his people. Man, come on. You are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. He says the Lord's inheritance is you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He saw you as his inheritance on the other side of the cross. And he kept walking towards it. Deuteronomy 32.10 says, In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling ways he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. We sing that song, we're precious in his sight to our kids. I'm here to tell you, grown-ups, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, you are the Lord's inheritance and you are precious in his sight. Just like you, over your children, you see them and you're like, you're so away when they're little especially, right? And they're not running their mouths as much. There's so much affection towards them and God is the same way towards us. Isn't that so cool? He says, you're God's portion. You're his inheritance. Man, I'm thankful for what the Lord has done for me and what he's going to continue to do in my life and in all of your lives. I pray I gave you some peace this morning over that worry of what you're going to leave financially to your kids. And I would encourage you, it's way bigger than that. Way bigger than that, guys. Leave your kids seeing your marriage being restored. Your kids seeing you going to the marriage coaching that you're too prideful maybe to sign up for. You start getting involved in small groups. You start doing the New Believers book. Start shifting what you're leaving to your family. I'm going to grow. I'm going to step into the fullness of God, and I'm going to make some differences in my life. Amen? Amen. Can we close our eyes in this place? Jesus, we love you. We honor you, God.
God, let us leave an inheritance of being teachable, not being prideful, God. Let us leave an inheritance of humility, Father. Let us leave an inheritance of surrender that our yes to God would be so great that our kids wouldn't know what else to do, that our people around us wouldn't know what else to do. Maybe you're in this room this morning. Well, let me just wait. I want to stay there. For those that, man, just really, this, this message really got your attention. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just seal everything you've released this morning in your people, God. Seal it by your spirit, Lord. We love you and we honor you, God. You're so, so good. You're not handing out condemnation this morning. You're handing out mercy, mercy and grace. We love you and we honor you. With every eyes closed, just for a moment, if you're in this place, you're saying, man, I, I don't, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I, I, I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the grave. I need to give my life to him. I need to be forgiven of my sin. I need to turn over my life to him. I want, to, I want this inheritance that you talk about of a sound mind, of salvation, of joy. I want to step into that inheritance this morning. If you need salvation, I want you to lift your hand right where you are in this place. I just want to take a moment for anyone who would be in this room. If you need to be born again, this is your moment. Would you lift your hand? I'm just going to take a second. If not, that's okay. You're welcome to come to the altars afterwards and pray with someone this morning. All right. Everybody in here is born again, hopefully in Jesus' name. Man, if you need healing in your body, if you just need somebody to pray with you about anything, let that inheritance change today. We're like, man, I know I need to go to the altar. I know I need to humble myself. I'd never go. Let that shift today. Let that humility break those fears off your life this morning and don't pass them on to your kids. Can somebody say amen? So, Father, let me just pray for you. Father, I bless your people. I pray you'd keep them humble. God, I pray you'd keep all of us humble, Jesus. God, I thank you that it's only because of you that we have anything at all. It's only because of you that this sermon got together this morning. It's only because of you that we received it by your spirit, Lord. Lord, we honor you. Bless your people. Love on your people. Encourage them this holiday season in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. If you need prayer or anything, please come to the altars. They're open. Christmas service tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you guys. Remember, no service next week. We love you so much. Have a good week.